For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. With your host, Andrew Donaldson, this is Herd Tell. Ah, welcome back to Herd Tell. All right, we're going to take a break from the news of the day and talk a little history. I love history. And one of our favorites to talk history with is Sarah Stuck. She is over in the UK. Uh, she writes for the Mallard over yonder. And over here, she writes in electionsdaily.com, elections-daily.com. Our friends, a lot of those folks show up on the show and she's one of them. How you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me on again. Oh, thrilled to have you. Um, I love this topic because it's so fun. We debate education a lot in America lately, the last couple of years, but we don't talk about the education of our leaders. And you've wrote a whole piece on presidential uh, education, especially their college education or lack thereof in quite a few cases here. What got you on this topic to start with? I honestly, it's one of those things that just came into my head and I thought, you know what, that might be an interesting piece. Because like you said, we don't really talk a lot about it. I mean, I've never really heard Joe Biden's education ever really come up. Yeah, it was interesting because I don't I don't know. It's almost like the more modern we've gotten, the less it's mattered. But part of the reason the less it's mattered is because the recent string of presidents, there's a lot of sameness. There's a lot of Ivy League. There's a lot of higher education. Uh, Joe Biden's a little bit of an exception to that. But, you know, you had the Bushes. They're both the Yale, um, Obama, Ivy League. Uh, Bill Clinton, Rhodes Scholar, Ivy League, is the sameness just kind of dulled it down to where we just take it for granted, like, okay, the president's going to be some kind of Ivy League, highly education person now? Well, I think it matters more now because that education is more accessible. Up until maybe, I'd say probably from the 50s or 60s, education was very much dominated by white men with pockets, you know, women's colleges, historically black universities. But now pretty much anybody can go to college or university. So I think people, you know, they don't see it as impressive because everybody can. And talk about that, because one thing that that I've noticed uh, when I do history with presidents is there's been a big change in presidents. Um, you talk about it in the piece a little bit. You have people like Eisenhower and Grant, the military leaders. It used to be uh, you all almost always until really Bill Clinton, you had a president that at least had some kind of passing experience with the military. That's kind of passed away. Now it seems like you almost always have a pretty heavy or at least respectable education career as the basis of a political career. Most of them are lawyers of one stripe or another or business people of one stripe or another. That's a big cultural shift in the leadership of your country, isn't it? I think it's as the times go on, you know, and no, it doesn't seem like it, but it's said that the world is safer than it ever has been. Obviously, if you watch the news, you think, how is that possible? But, you know, America... In the early days, it was battling with the British, with the French, with the Mexicans, with the Spanish, with everybody. People led troops. But nowadays, a president 
can sit behind a desk and talk to his joint cheeks. He has that sort of cushion, whereas people like George Washington had to fight on all fronts, both literally and metaphorically. He didn't have the safety and the support and the structure in old America, whereas America's got pretty much a solid military system now. Yeah, it's interesting talking to Sarah Stook, talking a little history. All right, let's start with the current inhabitants of the White House and uh, one observation lane. Uh, the president and vice president, Joe Biden, uh, Delaware and Syracuse, you had some comments about his academic record. Uh, and then uh, Vice President Harris, uh, you just mentioned it. Women's colleges, historically black college. Howard has long been uh, a, a uh, very almost the very important in black education in America through history. But talk about both of their education careers now that since there are sitting officers at the moment. Well, it's. It, they've, they're the first Democratic ticket since the 80s not to have at least one Ivy League under their belt, which is, you know, pretty interesting, very much so. Joe Biden basically admitted he wasn't really a scholar. He, he did OK at college and law school. He was not really, he's not really academic in the sense you think Obama was. When you think of Obama, you think of a pretty very intelligent guy. And by no means, I think Joe Biden isn't book dumb. He's also not academic and um, Kamala Harris obviously like you said you went to Howard when you think of historic black college and the university you do think of probably Howard Spellman usually first so I think that leans into a lot of her credentials advocating for you know she plays herself look I'm an African-American woman and you know when you've gone to a HBCU that really leans into her image a lot whether that was a conscious decision by her or she just thought um, that was the college for her yeah and then we talked about the Ivy League folks. I found something really interesting. What you wrote too is we have quite a few college dropouts, or they dropped out of one college, went to another college. Talk about that a little bit because we don't think of college dropouts, at least in American parlance and in the vernacular, that's usually a, a derogatory term. We have quite a few presidents that are college dropouts by the definition of the word, don't we? I mean, William Henry Harrison dropped out of pretty much everything. But then again, he was only president for a month, so I don't think it, it really matters here nor there. But, you know, presidents, they drop out, they switch. You know, Kennedy was all set to go to Princeton and decided he was going to go to Harvard, probably because his dad went there and, you know, the whole connections thing. Yeah, some transferred, some weren't interested. LBJ dropped out of law school, though I don't think he particularly needed to because he already had a pretty successful career. And for these men, I don't think it particularly mattered because a lot of them were either wealthy or you, when you could get a law or medical degree without even going to college. So I don't think it really impacted them as much because they could still you know, get away with it, as it were. Yeah, talking to Sarah Stook, talking a little presidential education. All right, let's go all the way back to the beginning. The founding fathers, George Washington and these guys. We understand times were different then. There wasn't the university system like now there was that came along a little bit later. They learned more of a type, I guess you would call it an apprentice system where you would learn from somebody else and get your education. Just because they didn't go to college, though, the founding fathers, especially Washington, these were very, very what they would call well-read, well-educated men. It just wasn't the college education like we think of now. Yeah, George Washington, he wasn't, you know, when you think of the fine fathers, especially Thomas Jefferson, he was, you know, very intellectually, absolutely a brilliant man. And those who spoke multiple languages, etc. George Washington, like you said, he wasn't a dumb guy. He wasn't unintelligent. But education was just never in his path. His father died when he was quite young. He had to take over the plantation. He got a, sort of a planter's education, so where he may not have been interested in Aristotle and Socrates, um, Socrates but 
he had more of a practical education and that is what he needed he didn't need to be an academic to do what he did and obviously it clearly worked out pretty well for him so as long as he could was you know literate as obviously not many people at that time were he was still able to lead the country and lead the army how he did yeah and the other part of washington that doesn't get talked about was he was a brilliant businessman by all accounts he was probably one of if not the richest men in america by the time he died so obviously whatever education he has with his own wits and cleverness uh, it clearly worked for him because he was successful by any measure you want to put to George Washington. Yeah, he was. I mean, his wife, Martha, was also excellent at it. Obviously, at a time where women's education was very limited, she proved herself extremely well, especially after she was widowed for the first time. So clearly he married a woman who he knew would be an equal partner to him. And I think, you know, that obviously, again, worked out very well for him. Talking to Sheriff Stuck. Okay. A fun thing that I think has passed through time, but something we should probably revisit with the mess our education system is we have quite a few presidents who their their the whole of their formal education was apprenticeship. There was a time not too long ago, it's actually still on the books, although nobody does it anymore, that being a lawyer and studying the law was an apprenticeship thing uh, that got in the news with the Kim Kardashian stuff a year or two ago. It's still on the books. We've had presidents, um, Van Buren, Fillmore, Lincoln. These guys all learned from an apprenticeship model that's archaic and we don't think about it anymore, but it was foundational to how they rose to the presidency. I mean, exactly. Lincoln, Van Buren. I mean, Lincoln barely had a formal education as it was. Van Buren went to his local school, for example. You know, they didn't have sort of amazing educational opportunities other had. So they went the apprentice route. And, you know, they said Abraham Lincoln basically taught himself he had a brilliant mind. And that probably got them into access to places in a, a university or college wouldn't. They're able to connect with people in their community and once they start building up on a practical level, then that's how they get their education. And it worked. Again, you didn't need to be at Harvard or Yale I mean, if you look at Andrew Jackson, who was, you know, he was often during the Revolutionary War, he went through absolute hell, nearly died. You don't need to have that academia behind you. And I think that's definitely more so back then. I, I think somebody who didn't go to college would probably not be president today. I mean, I could be completely wrong. But, you know, when you look at Ron DeSantis, who's leading the Republican Pact, Harvard and Yale, you know, you're not going to get somebody who didn't go. Yeah, true. Uh, Sarah Stook joining us. One more item on this that you touched on in the article is a lot of things have changed. Some things have not changed at all. The presidents who did not go to college mostly was because of things like poverty, like access to care. You talked about Washington. Um, there was others that you listed about, you know, their fathers died, so they had to forego college. And this thing, they had to go to work and then they go to college later on. Those are universal themes. It's the same reason people don't get education now. And it's still applied to some of our presidents even way back then. Exactly. Like I said, you know, Lincoln, his family was pretty poor. He was, you know, if he could read and write, obviously he was a very clever man because he basically taught himself. But not every president is blessed to have been a George Washington or Thomas Jefferson born into wealth. However, that's changed. If you look at Bill Clinton, his father died before he was born. They lived in Dirtpoor, Arkansas, and he ended up going to Oxford, Yale and Georgetown. Obviously, that's because of our current system. But maybe 100, 200 years before, Bill Clinton would not have gone to, into higher education. He would have probably been maybe an apprentice, but he would not have gone to Yale. Yeah. 
And Clinton was a Clinton's an interesting study in and of himself. You ought to just do a whole study just on Bill Clinton. Talking to Sarah Stuck, a little presidential history, education of the president's good topic to talk through. Uh, we come back with her. We're going to get into the Ivy League versus nine Ivy League and the future of presidential education. More with Sarah Stuck on her tell right after this. Uh, welcome back to Herd Tell. Our good friend Sarah Stuck. She has written yet another great history piece. All right, this is the eternal debate in American politics: Ivy League versus non-Ivy League. Um, the Ivy League is racking up a lot of wins on the scoreboard as far as presidents go. Currently, is there some kind of trend to explain other than just the power and the money? And we understand legacy emissions and things like this. But when you studied it, what's the trend line of why so many Ivy League people? Uh, hold the presidency again a lot of it is down to well however there were some cases that weren't the heck case Rutherford B. Hayes went to Harvard his father died before he was born the family wasn't you know particularly wealthy then you look at Theodore Roosevelt and Franklin D. Roosevelt there was no way they're not going to go to Harvard they're Roosevelt's they're rich they're both very intelligent men they were going to get in no matter what the Adams family you know natives of Massachusetts from good families but that's also not that's an older thing. You know, Bill Clinton, like we discussed, very poor, ended up going to three extremely prestigious universities. Barack Obama, double Ivy League. And he came from sort of quite a moderate background, despite being fairly worldly, having lived in Indonesia. But again, if we look a bit closer to home as well, the Bush family, Yale, Harvard, Donald Trump, University of Pennsylvania, another Ivy League. So I think it definitely is about wealth and power however i think as times move on there are more opportunities for non-rich people scholarships etc you know in next couple of presidents we might have a harvard or yale graduate who wasn't from extraordinary money talking to sheriff stook okay but it wasn't <laughs> this one kind of surprised me i guess i knew it i just never thought of it it's not just modern people that were ivy league although it wasn't called the ivy league then John Quincy Adams, one of our earliest presidents, highly educated man, and you counted him as an Ivy League man. Yeah, he, you know, he briefly studied in Europe where his father was ambassador, but then he came and he went to Harvard. He was an exceptionally intelligent man, probably one of the greatest Secretary of State. He spoke seven languages, which is probably more than Jefferson racked up. So I think obviously, you know, his family being wealthy helped him, but I think he did have an extraordinary mind. And I think we have many, I think most presidents are intelligent. You know, people rag on George Bush Jr. for being a bit interesting in the academic department, but he still went to Harvard and Yale. Maybe it's because of who his dad is, but he still got all right scores. And he actually was better than John, did better than John Kerry did. And that was with a drinking problem that he has openly <laughs> exactly, talked about, yeah. which is interestingly enough. The non-Ivy League folks, couple surprises in here. I didn't know this. I guess I probably should have. Nixon went to Duke. How did that happen? Well, he did actually get a scholarship to Harvard, but he couldn't go because his mother and brother needed him back home. And he, he would he was always so bitter about it. He, he never got over it. Which, to be fair, you can kind of understand. If you get the opportunity to do it hard, and you have to turn it down. But yeah, he went to Duke, you know, and then a very clever man. But Duke is still a very good university. Might not be Harvard, but again, it still worked out for him in the end because I think he was a man who had his mind set on it. 
And I think, you know, for all his flaws, Nixon was a very determined man. And I think he was actually extremely intelligent. You know, there's a clip going around him talking about Russia, which proved to be very correct. Yeah. um, Another one, people, this is probably one that people would get wrong if you ask them as a trivia question, because Thomas Jefferson is so ingrained into the history and lore of the University of Virginia. But he actually went to William and Mary. Yes. You know, he did find University of Virginia. So, you know, he couldn't have gone if he hadn't have founded it before his own teen years. Yes, he went to William and Mary, which is still a um, very prominent college and university in Virginia. So, but again, Jefferson was an extremely brilliant mind from a wealthy family. So again, he could have got away with going to an Ivy League or not going anywhere at all. Talking to Sarah Stook, our friend who does these great history pieces, talking about uh, presidential education and college. Okay, let's project a little bit. You actually kind of did a rundown of some potential uh, presidential candidates in the future. There's a whole lot of Ivy League on that list, isn't there? Yeah, I still think there's so much power. When, like, you know, Ron DeSantis is leading the pack uh, for the Republican front, if you don't count Donald Trump, you know, people sort of think he's a bit of an outsider, but he's a double Ivy League. So he's clearly not stupid and he's clearly a very educated man. But, you know, there's hack of Harvard in Yale, then you've got some non Ivy Leagues, like Nikki Haley went to Clemson in South Carolina. It just sort of depends on whether you think of them as a particularly academic person. That's not to say, you know, if you don't go to an Ivy League, you're stupid. But we do tend to associate the Ivies with academia and wealth as well. Right. And this is a bipartisan thing. We talked about the Republicans. You list the Democrats, uh, some of the name folks going on. Uh, Pete Buttigieg, who's currently uh, Transportation Secretary, Harvard, and uh, a little place called Oxford. I'm assuming that's a nice college somewhere. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, my daughter did an overseas program there. I know how prestigious it is. Uh, Amy Klobuchar, Yale and Ch- University of Chicago, which is a very well-respected school. Julian Castro, Stanford and Harvard. An interesting name on this list, though, for the Democratic Party. I found this really interesting. Stacey Abrams, who's running for governor of Georgia again, uh, going to be a tough candidate. Spielman, Texas, Austin, and Yale. That's an interesting combination. Yeah, I mean, I did look at I, my main logic. It was just to look at sort of the be, um, the betting and see you know, who's highest, because obviously you don't know who it's going to be next time. Thought I'll, I'll put her on the list, and I was generally surprised. I, mean, I didn't think of her as you know particularly unintelligent, but I just thought, wow, really? I'm saying I didn't expect Yale in there, but you know. Good for her, I guess. Talking to Sarah Stuck about uh, presidential and potential presidential. All right, here's another one. This is kind of like Jefferson. If you ask a quiz question, you probably get it wrong. Uh, Elizabeth Warren, Senator Elizabeth Warren, Massachusetts. She is so well known for being at Harvard. She taught there. She was the dean there for years and years and years. Had students like Ted Cruz underneath her. A lot of interesting cross matches there. But she actually went to Houston and Rutgers, which is, of course, the uh, State College of New Jersey of all places. Again, you know, what if you think about when Elizabeth Warren was young, would you have necessarily had those opportunities to go to Ivy Leagues? What and when would it have been like the sixties, seventies? You know, you wouldn't probably have had women really go. I mean, Columbia didn't accept women till nineteen eighty two, so you know, she probably could have gone. But Rutgers again, very respected university. But I think that actually plays well to it because I think she does give off kind of that establishment vibe as much as she tries not to. So I think that actually would play in her favor, personally. Yeah, talking to Sarah Stuck. Okay, the elephant in the room. Have we seen the last non-college U.S. president? I would think so, yeah. Um, 
you know, a lot of Americans don't go to college. And I think it's a society that is actually a lot more of accepting than others. But it's it's the pathway. You know, it's not necessarily that people maybe wouldn't vote for them, but you get so much more opportunities by going to, especially, you know, having in Yale, you're connecting with people. If you look at who, the roommates, um, Al Gore was roommates with Tommy Lee Jones. You know, really random combinations you're going to meet have those connections meet those people and that's how you're going to get to the top is it fair I wouldn't say necessarily so I think you know you don't have to go to university or college to make something of yourself you can still drop out and be absolutely fine yeah I'm talking to Sarah Stuck. all right one other education trend and this wasn't in your article but I'll throw it out at you the other path besides just education has always been the law and lawyers do you see any trend with presidents that have been or were lawyers moving up as opposed to it seems like we have kind of a trend going of they studied other things besides the law, business, government administration, these sorts of things. They're still getting those Ivy League educations, just maybe not necessarily in the law. Yeah, I mean, law is probably quite a good one because you probably have to have a fair knowledge of it to get into politics. You know, obviously you can say, depending on your political affiliation, you think, how the heck did these people get into it? But, you know. The Bushes books that trend probably because they were more of a business family, as it were. But the people like Nixon and Clinton, who came from middle America, it was a way of, you know, making something of themselves, of using their brains, you know. And it got right, um, them out of their homes and becoming doing amazing things. Abraham Lincoln self-taught from the middle of Illinois and Kentucky to becoming president. Law is definitely the path. You don't see many doctors become presidents, but you see lawyers. All right. I'm going to flip this around on you because you are uh, one of our UK friends. Uh, that accent ain't just for show. You actually are from over yonder. So let's talk Boris Johnson for a second, because for all his mannerisms and the jokes and the memes and the hair and the goofiness and the scandals and all that stuff, he had a very traditional education path to the prime ministership. It's a different system. But when you look at his resume, you have Eton <laughs> and you have uh, Oxford. There's also a pretty well-hooned path to, to the, what do you call it, the premiership, I guess, in, in England. They have kind of the same problem here. You kind of got to get in that rut of higher education to get to the top, don't you? I think yeah, there's definitely more of a class system in here by, you know, quite a, a long shot. It's just, it's incredible. I mean, Oxford, Oxford's older than the Aztec Empire. You know, these things are entrenched in our system. I don't know anybody who's gone to Oxford or Cambridge apart from maybe one person I met once. So, yeah, Boris Johnson, he plays buffoon, but he, you know, he quotes gr- Greek and Latin like it's nothing. Eton, it's what you expect from a boy of his generation. And, well, Oxford, David Cameron, Oxford, Theresa May, Oxford, um, Blair and Brown both went to Edinburgh, so they sort of books for the trend slightly. But, you know, Margaret Thatcher went there when women didn't really do that. You know, Churchill, every they it's just how it is. You're not going to get too many. Even John Major, who came from council state, he still went to an Ivy League, uh, Ivy League sorry, um, Oxbridge. So, yeah, it's definitely more of a thing here. Kirstama, you know, very clever. He went to a good university. When you look at who the favourites are, you know, Rishi Sunak, our um, chancellor, he, you know, he studied at Stanford, I believe, as well as Oxford or Cambridge. So, yeah, definitely here, more of a class system. And, but it's kind of easier for us to vote people in because it's via party membership. So the 
part people will vote on it. So whereas you guys you have your primary systems, etc., it's much more of a membership system here. So we could a lot easier vote in somebody who didn't go to Oxford or Cambridge, but unfortunately the top people, especially within the Conservative Party, um, went to Oxford and Cambridge. Yeah, talking to Sarah Stuck. Okay, overall, when you look back on this, you studied all the U.S. presidents. What's the thing that really jumped out at you that you learned and went, wow, I did not know that? I think, you know, people do think of it very much idly, and it's not as profound as one might think i mean yes still definitely dominates the system but you know reagan didn't go to an ivy league neither did lbj nixon but maybe went to west point or the naval academy it's not as pronounced as one might expect um i think that's definitely we're going to probably see more not harvard yale etc in the future however like i said when you look at who was in the running for both democrats and republicans it still remains pretty entrenched and I'm surprised it is as entrenched as it was I thought you know I, I was surprised about Ron DeSantis being a double Ivy League but again didn't think he was like not intelligent by any means but I'm just surprised because he portrayed himself as an outsider but went to the two most elite um, universities in America. Sarah Stuck, I, I got to ask you to close this because it was just too funny the way you wrote it and the verbiage you used. Tell us about Kennedy's entrance essay to Harvard. Oh, I love this so much. They also John Kennedy went was a very elite family. And even though they were Catholics, which was a bit, you know, taboo at the time, you know, Summers and Highness Port, New York, Massachusetts, whatever, he basically wrote his admission and went, I'm rich. My dad went there. I want to be a Harvard man and got in. So you know clearly standards were pretty lax. And I'm pretty sure this trended on Twitter a while ago. I don't think that would fly today. I mean, you could maybe offer to buy a new library, but I don't think Bill Gates' kid could write and say, yeah, my dad's rich. And that is also the beginning of the theories on who really wrote Profiles in Courage, but we'll leave that for another day <laughs> and time. Sarah Stuck, uh, you always do great. We love talking these little history things to bring some perspective and take a break from the world. Uh, let folks know where you are on your social media and your writing uh, and so folks can follow you and keep up to date when you put out this great stuff. Well, I have an article coming out in the Malad um, next Tuesday, March 15th, which you should all remember because it is a very special person's birthday. Um, questions include what if the Russian Revolution failed and what if Bill Clinton was impeached? And I'm also doing a 10-part series because there's a lot of people to get through of First Ladies. The first one should be out by the time this airs and it goes from Martha Washington all the way up to Elizabeth Monroe. So you'll read all about these amazing women, plus the hostesses, the daughters-in-laws and the sisters who got through. Yeah, follow me at Sarah underscore, underscore, underscore Stu. And yes. Oh, yeah. Sarah Stuck, great stuff. Always enjoy having you on, my friend. And we will definitely be talking about First Ladies and all that other stuff you're writing about when it comes out. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you, man. <laughs>